I'm Dr. Eric Clavel, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Clavel Report, Law, Policy, and Politics. This episode, I want to talk about the gun culture in America. Now, if you're like me, you know that in America, guns and the Bible and voting and free rights, our First Amendment rights, tend to all go hand in hand. As a matter of fact, in our culture, you know, you, we grew up with grandeur of the United States and movies displaying and depicting American heroes as winning the West with Smith & Wesson. Our heroes as having guns to protect property. And also, our heroes are protecting democracy across the world. But in very recent times, we've seen that paradigm start to shift. We've seen more and more guns being utilized, not to protect, but rather to terrorize. We see individuals who are given the right to carry weapons as part of their jobs, using them to, in part, take the law in their own hands. And when we try to have law and order, those who are sworn to protect and serve are using guns, unfortunately, to kill unarmed individuals and citizens who are in their vicinity or their, or their custody. But you also hear where others believe guns don't kill people, but people kill people. Whatever side you're on on this debate, the question becomes, is it the Wild Wild West, or do we need gun reform? I want us to take a look at Vox Media as they show the numbers of mass shootings that have taken place and the killings at the hands of persons carrying guns in the last decade. time we see one of these mass shootings, our thoughts and prayers are not enough. It's not enough. Take a look at this issue of gun reform versus the wild, wild west. Now, in that particular segment, we saw prominent politicians utilizing automatic weapons to show their stance and their support for Americans 
and carrying guns and owning guns. You know, when I when I take a look at this issue, I ask the question, what type of guns are, do we actually need on the street? Do, how, what type of guns do we need in our homes to protect our property? As a veteran of the military, we were trained on some of the most lethal weapons that could be used in battle. From the M16A2 to the M203, uh, which is a grenade launcher that's uh, on an M16, to the M60, to the 50 caliber, which is mounted up on a tank. Um, you know, these guns, these automatic weapons are meant not to deter. They're, they're not only meant to kill, but they're meant to destroy and to maim. So do we actually need those guns in our possession? Now, some may say you need a rifle for hunting, but history will show us that the inventions of gunpowder and guns, which were primarily invented by the Chinese, but then used by Europeans during the time of, of European conquest of the world, of European colonialism in the late 1300s and early 1400s, where the Europeans pushed the Moors out of Southern Europe and back into North Africa after they ruled Southern Europe for 700, 800 years. We didn't have guns for hunting. Mankind simply used the, the bow and arrow, spears, and things that they made with their hand and trapping and gathering in order to hunt. So history shows us that we don't need guns for hunting. Yes, it makes it easier. It makes it uh, more of a sport, if you can, if I can say that, in order to uh, hunt what we call game. But we don't need them to hunt. We only have guns and use it for hunting since really the 15, 1500s. So for only 500 years of man existence. So we don't need it for that. But I understand it. We also look at why has it taken so long for us to recognize that we do need gun reform. And we see where there is a stronghold by gun lobbyists up on public policy, which would help us in America to kind of curb a lot of the killings that we have and the issues that we have with guns and the wrong people having guns in their hands. What do I mean by that? The NRA is probably one of the most powerful lobbying groups and organizations in America. Now, recently, they are going through lawsuits. Recently, there are challenges in the courts uh, for mishandling of funds. But keep in mind, the NRA is still a very powerful organization, and it's not going anywhere. Even if it downsizes some, we're still going to have lobbyists for the ownership of guns. But what is the real reason for Americans wanting to have and keep their guns? I mentioned earlier in the introduction, I talked about how we grew up with this idea that, you know, Americans, we won the West with Smith and Wesson. And in actuality, if we take a look at history, we actually terrorized the Native Americans who occupied their land lawfully and for centuries and we killed them with the guns. We took the West, you know, with our guns while they were using, you know, spears and bow and arrows and trappings and the like and other tools that are made, uh, such as hatchets and knives and so forth. We had gunpowder. 
and we had metal and bullets flying in order to kill mass amounts of people. So when we take a look at what we use guns for and have used guns for in America, it's been to expand our territory and what we wanted when those that we negotiated with or wanted to negotiate with did not want to give it up. Also, if you use guns to take something, you also have to use other guns to keep it and protect it. And we see that a lot of the issues surrounding ownerships of guns and why people want it is really centered around fear. Fear that they're going to, people are going to lose their property. They're going to lose things that they have gained or owned, whether how they gained it or how they owned it, whether they worked for it, received it through inheritance or took it. And there's this fear that I have to protect my property against others who want to quote unquote take it. There's also fear of the rising of people of color or non-whites in America. We know the statistics. We've, we've talked about it and heard about it for the last 30 years, how white Americans will be in the minority in America in 2050. That number has been moved up to 2040, 2045. And really by 2035, we're going to see that, that number overtake white Americans. And there's a fear there that there are individuals, white Americans, going to lose, quote unquote, their country. But in actuality, if you take a look at why people come to the country and others who have built this country, from African Americans who built this country for a quarter of a millennia, 250 years, for free, with our blood, sweat, tears in our lives. If we look at the Hispanic Americans who come and help to cultivate the agriculture in our country. If we look at the Asian Americans who came and the Chinese who came and built the railroads in our country. If we look at uh, East Indian, Indian Americans who come to our country and help to develop our intellectual property as it relates to computer science and other things of technology and, and so forth. You know, people of color are coming to this country and building the country, not wanting to take it from anyone, but wanting to build it up because it's our country, too. So the fear, the unmerited fear of individuals wanting to take the country from someone, I think is dead wrong. I think it's in left field. And I think that's something that we need to really discuss and open up and be honest about the reasons for fear. And that way we can dispel fear if we look at the history of people contributing. But I also want to pivot toward these mass shootings. The mass shootings that we see that we're having are usually blamed upon mental health. Now, there are people that we do see that have mental health issues, such as the mass shooting in Colorado recently in the grocery store. There were mental health issues with that individual. We see the rising number of killings for domestic issues and families and murder-suicides. We see it during the pandemic. And there was also mental health issues, stress issues, things that have been that were suppressed but have boiled to the top. We also see issues in the workplace with the FedEx uh, shooting in Indianapolis, Indiana, and many, many others, whether it be Sandy Hook, the unfortunate mass shooting of children in an elementary school, and many others. But it's also the fear. We also see white supremacy 
and that particular ideology rising to the top and forcing people to get their guns and start killing out of fear. But what would happen if we had a universal background check? What would happen if we were able to say, hey, these persons really should not have these weapons here. These persons should not own these guns. These persons should not be able to have a permit or even have a license to carry. How many mass shootings could we have prevented? How many domestic violence, murder, suicides of families could we have thwarted? How many of these incidents where we see, unfortunately, where many people are killed, could we have eliminated? Again, understanding history, understanding the policy, and understanding the politics around these issues will help us to have an honest conversation about why we do what we do. Finally, I want to talk about the recent filming and exposure of African-Americans and Hispanics being killed by police or at the hands of the police. We see where, again, we have law enforcement who are here to protect and serve, that protect and serve our communities. We have people who are lifelong law enforcement, many generations of law enforcement that give their time, their service, and their lives uh, to protect our community. But we also see individuals who are part of those forces that do not utilize the discretion that's needed in order to police equitably across the board in their communities. Over and over and over and over again, we see a story. Seems like every week now of a black man, a black woman, Hispanic man, Hispanic woman killed at the hands of the police because they thought they had a gun, because it was a mistake or the like. Now, I can't go through every case that I'm not, but, and we do know that there were surrounding facts and issues around all of these, but the end result is the same. The person who was stopped is dead, and the reason behind them being killed was a mistake. They made a mistake. So now, how do we deal with the issue of understanding the power behind our guns and why we have them? So these are the issues. But now I want us to take a look at a discussion on NBC News with citizens that are discussing these same issues. And let's hear what the community has to say. The southeastern Wisconsin and assembled a panel of eight gun owners, men, women, Democrats, Republicans, ranging in age from 19 to 67. Among them, a retired police officer, current school superintendent, and a nursing home activities director, all with differing opinions. Who here thinks we need changes in laws? Why? Why do we need changes in laws? That's silly. I think there, there needs to be some changes and from the universal background check. And I know there was a 10-year ban on assault rifles. I don't know why we need those guns. If people want to shoot them, maybe there's a range where they can go and they, they can check out the gun, shoot them, enjoy that. Larry, you have more than 100 guns. Talk to me about that because 
that seems unusual to me. I shoot um, a lot of target shooting, shoot competitively, shoot for sports, for for uh, hunting. Each one requires a, uh, a different firearm. Right. How many guns do you have? Nine. For what? Hunting, um, home defense, um, and just for fun. Bob, what do you think about uh, people who think that the issue is is too many guns, too many people with too many guns? Uh, you know, the amount of guns I don't think is the problem. I think if, if you are using them for, for what they're intended for, there's no problem. I think it's that people don't care anymore. Let's talk about uh, red flag laws. Who thinks that they're a good idea? I do, to a point. Okay, talk to me about that. Um, it really comes down to the person who's going to be calling you in, saying, hey, this person's going to talk about robbing something or doing a mass shooting or committing harm to him or her, you know, self, I can see a point the law enforcement stepping in. Do you think that if well executed these uh, red flag laws, would, it, would that be something you would support? If you had red, red flag laws, if the individual is calling Wolf, as long as there's some pretty severe consequences for somebody that goes through that motion and in whatever the the legal expense and everything for that person gets rights back are paid by that person. You know, I could accept that to some level. It's kind of scary. Like, you know, somebody that has mental illness and they have a gun and what are they capable of? So I think I could get behind it. Talk to me about how you thought about that problem, guns and safety in schools. Do you think about this issue about school shootings? I think it'd be good. Like if they did like every six months training or every year training, for teachers, put guns in their hands. Putting guns in teachers' hands scares me because I have teachers that don't want to use the EpiPen if they had to, right? And now we're going to ask them to, to carry a gun, and, and potentially what they do with that gun could affect their whole life, right? They could shoot a student by accident. We need to do something more than what we're doing now. Um, I, I know everybody doesn't like the idea of firearms in schools, but a, a trained professional, something to take that temptation away. If I decide I'm going to go on a mass shooting, I'm going to go someplace where I know they're not going to shoot back at me. So you're not worried about more people having guns? None of you, that's not a concern for anybody here? As long as they're trained and go through hunter safety or something like that? No. I want to talk to you about the decision that some companies have made, Walmart, Dick's, uh, in the wake of shootings at their properties or with weapons that have been bought from them. Uh, what do you what do you all think of that? Walmart stopped selling them. You can go to Fleet Farm. It's the same people that are want to get them and will get them. They're still going to get them. So now this is their way out to say they can be the hero. We're going to get rid of all this stuff. Well, they were probably looking for a way to get rid of it. Yeah, and they still sell alcohol, which... <laughs> yeah. Culturally, there's a shift, right? Big companies are saying, look, we're not going to support this may not stop things but we got to do something right and it's little pieces that may have a bigger impact at some point let me ask you about uh, a proposal that's been floated out there by a presidential candidate or more uh, about gun buybacks who thinks that's a good idea uh, I, I want mine for a million bucks so if they're willing to pay me that yeah. let me ask you about the election how big an issue for all of you is this if this is in your top three put up your hand okay is anybody's top one? So, as far as biggest the the, the thing that would most determine who you vote for. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Don't mess with my rights to protect my family.
by trying to take away my firearms. Well, there you have it. There are, in America, there's a diversity of, of people, of genders, of ethnicities, races, and there's also a diversity of thought, diversity of experience. Here in this particular group, we had regular citizens, everyday citizens, we had professionals, and you had an African-American, and you had men and women, and you had people who were even retired police, law enforcement. Some believe that we need change for guns. We need a universal background check. Others believe that, again, it's not the laws. They didn't give a reason why, but they said it's not the laws. We don't need more laws. And some say, hey, I have it because I can't. Again, sporting, protecting a property and the like. But with the statistics as we have them, the increase of mass shootings, we cannot deny that. More and more and more people are dying at the hands of an individual who decides that they want to take an automatic weapon and start shooting and killing for no reason at all, or reasons that we can ascertain. More and more, we see individuals who are taking guns and committing crimes. More and more, we see individuals who are owning guns, who have had incidences of domestic violence that are able to keep their guns. And eventually, they have a situation where, unfortunately, we have a murder and possibly a murder-suicide of multiple individuals. It is an issue. If we compare it and contrast it with other countries uh, similar to the United States, they don't have this problem. If we compare it and contrast it with countries who we don't consider to be uh, first world, we consider them to be developing or even underdeveloped, they don't have this issue. So why in America do we do? I believe it goes back again, not to policy, but to history. It goes back again to how we in America were programmed to believe how our guns are attached to our freedom. Because if you look at history, America used a gun in order to gain much that it has today. It used guns to restrain people who wanted their freedoms. It used guns to take land that did not belong to America. It's used guns in order to suppress, oppress, and discriminate against individuals. So now it's time for us to understand and accept our history. But not only that, but now come together to create common sense, good policy that would not only allow individuals in our country to own weapons and guns who are law-abiding citizens, but also protect those same law-abiding citizens from people who should not have it. Some mention my right or their right to own guns. And others mention companies getting behind this policy, which brings up supply and demand and the influence of corporations on American policy. Very recently, we've had companies that basically spoke out and used their economic driving driving arm in order to make a statement about voting policies that were passed in certain states. And we had the leader of the Republican Senate, Mitch McConnell, say corporations should stay out of politics. And really, that statement is tongue-in-cheek. 
Uh, it's also a statement that's misleading because corporations have always been in politics. That's how many politicians get a lot of the money that they have for various PACs and the ability to run statewide and nationwide elections. So corporations are involved in politics. The question becomes, on what side are they now? As it relates to this policy of gun reform and common sense policy, I believe this is something that President Biden can push, corporations can support as it relates to universal background check, as it relates to mental health checks, as it relates to individuals who are convicted of domestic violence, uh, having their gun rights taken away. We've done it with individuals who have served their time, who we designate as convicted felons. So we can also do it with individuals who are meet certain criteria in our country that we believe pose a danger to the health of our country. It can be done. The question is, will we do it? Also, the issue of supply and demand. One person in that panel said he had over 100 guns, over 100 guns. I don't know about you, but I don't even have over 100 pair of socks. That is a lot of guns. And he says he does it for sport, hunting, and the like. Well, to each his own. But how can we now curb the appetite and also the ability for people to get guns? I think with the gun owners, there should be a limit placed on how many guns they can actually produce. That way we create a supply and demand um, scenario where we don't have all these guns that are out there or even on the black market. In addition to that, along with universal background checks, we should also be able to register every gun. should have a serial number on it, and we should be able to put technology in those guns so we can know where they are at all times. In other words, we've had RFID uh, technology where we can locate various objects with the snap of the finger. We should be also be able to do the same thing with guns. If you want to own it, there's a responsibility that comes with it. And we should be able, and we can, if we want common sense, good policy, to create these regulations to protect our country. So are we looking to take away freedoms or are we looking to protect the safety of all in our country? I believe it's the latter. Now, of course, some would see it as taking away their right to own. But you can still own. The question is, can you own in a smart way? Here in the United States of America, we're blessed with freedoms and the freedom of choice. And with the freedom of choice and our rights comes responsibility. It is a great responsibility that we have to ensure that we not only live the fullest life that we have, but we also live it with responsibility that we do not harm our fellow man and our fellow citizen. That's the responsibility that we have in this country. If we're going to continue to lead as a nation, if we're going to continue to be that beacon of light to the rest of the world, we've got to lead on this topic. There is absolutely no choice other than to come together and create smart gun reform and policies on the national, the state, and the local level. We can do it. 
Our children are depending upon us. Our neighbors are depending upon us. And our country, the future of it, is also depending upon how we proceed at this moment. President Biden mentioned in his last press conference where he discussed as we grapple with the mass shootings, the latest mass shootings in our country, both at at FedEx facility and also in Colorado, and also death of unarmed Black men at traffic stops. He admitted that this was not a priority, one of the top priorities of his administration. But because of the issues that we're forced to deal with now, it has become a top priority. And many times we don't think about these issues Sometimes life forces us to think about it and deal with it. The time is now. The moment is upon us. And we can rise to the occasion, address it, and be victorious moving forward. We'll see what happens in the future. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Clavera Report, Law, Politics, and Policy. Is it the Wild Wild West or will we have smart gun reform? We'll see you next time.